0: This is the 2020 NFL Draft Special on Heated Agreement, presented by Dash Sports. Let's rock. I wanna rock! Rock! Well,
1: Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I kiss excellence.
2: Who throws a shoe? Honestly, you fight like a woman.
0: Oh, no! We suck again! What's happening, guys? It's Jorphy. Welcome back to Heated Agreement. A little bit on the hype side. Just got done watching the first two episodes of the MJ special. And, I mean, it's not the NBA playoffs, but, I mean, it it was definitely something that was way better than the sports we had on TV beforehand. And then we got the draft coming up tomorrow. I'm about as happy as I could be, all things considered. We got a big show planned for y'all today. We're going to give you our virtual analysis of the virtual draft. Joining me, as always, is Flounder, James, and Woody. Let's get into it. Before we dive into the virtual analysis of the virtual draft, I just want to explain it a little bit. We have been studying mock drafts all week. We have been looking and seeing where different players are projected to go and based on those projections We're going to tell you whether they are a boom a bust or a gym a boom could be somebody Projected in the late second round third round that you think is a first-round talent and maybe it's just a deep draft That would be a boom a bust pretty simple high pick They're not gonna pan out a gym is going to be somebody that you will find later in the rounds that not everybody is high on, but for whatever reason, one of our quote-unquote experts thinks that they are the ones that you need to get. And with that, let's get into it. I could see him being
3: like a uh, Kenyon Drake kind of career.
0: <clears throat> Drake. I think you're
3: being
2: pretty uh, generous to him.
3: Yeah, maybe Kenyon Drake before
2: he got to Arizona. Right. Right, you put it up. He but was a bust before. He was a bust before he went to Arizona. But also, everybody's a bust before they leave Miami. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> That's a good point. So we're going to go ahead and start our virtual analysis of the virtual draft.
2: Woody, you want to give us a start? Sure. So I wrote down a couple of uh, thoughts. I have my studs, my busts, and my gems. Um, We're obviously going to start with studs, and Joe Burrow's number one overall, and he's the best player in the draft for a reason. Joe Burrow is going to be an absolute stud. I don't think I'm saying anything too crazy here, um, but just had to get it out of the way. Um, Obviously, Chase Young is a stud, but what I'm really who I'm really excited to see is Isaiah Simmons. I mean, the dude runs a four three forty, can run, can play anywhere on the field. I think he's going to be an absolute nightmare. And I think he plays really well in an NFL system, especially being able to cover all these hyper-athletic tight ends. Um, And then when we're talking about busts, number one has to be Justin Herbert. He's terrible. He didn't do anything in college. (laughs) He went back for a senior year to be worse than he was his junior year. Um, I think Justin Herbert was terrible. I saw a stat the other day that said Justin Herbert threw 99 screen passes out of 428 attempts. Um, no starting NFL quarterback has ever done that, and his completion percentage was still not good. Justin Herbert relied on good athletes at Oregon and what you would say is suspect defenses in the Pac-12 and still didn't take advantage of them like you think he would. Terrible. My second bust is definitely K- Clavon Chazon. He had six and a half sacks his senior year, and people were going to take him in the first round. That makes no sense to me. He had a five-game stretch in the middle of SEC play with zero, with zero sacks. That, the production wasn't there. You can call it a project all you want, but I'm not drafting projects in the first round of my draft. And kind of on that same line is Henry Ruggs. Everybody's all over Henry Ruggs because he's fast. We saw what happens when you take a speed demon that can't catch in the first round when the Texans took Will 4. It makes no sense. Henry Ruggs wasn't the best wide receiver on his team. I realize it's Alabama, but Henry Ruggs does not have first-round material. If I, I like him in maybe the third or fourth round, but there's no way I'm taking that guy in the first round. And then with Jim's... A wide receiver-heavy draft. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm about to highlight how wide, res- wide receiver-heavy it is and where you can go to get... Badass wide receivers in the third and fourth round. So I told you about a wide receiver that's going way too early, and now I'm going to tell you about a wide receiver that's going way, way, way too late. That's Donovan Peoples-Jones out of Michigan. Oh, yeah. He, he reminds me so much of Chris Godwin. If you look at his combine stats, he runs a 4 just like Chris Godwin. But what he did that Chris Godwin didn't is he had a 44 half inch vertical. Forty-four and a half and a half inch vertical at 6'2", and runs a 4440. The measurables are there. You can get that guy in the third round. He's everything you can ask for in a receiver. He had a shitty quarterback throwing to him all in college. <laughs> I know it's going to upset Jorphy when I say that because he was his 2017 Heisman winner, but he was garbage. Donovan Peoples-Jones, definite, definite gem in the draft class. Along those I- same lines – Go ahead. What you got, Jorafi? You're going to sit would, there and tell me about how good Michigan's quarterback is. Let's hear it.
3: I'm going to address that I claimed <laughs> Shea Patterson would win the 2017 Heisman based off what he did to a shitty a and defense when I was 10 sheets to the wind and barely remembered the game. But I remember him running all over us like Johnny Football and throwing it like the unbelievable. I now look back and regret the decision to go on the record and say he would be a Heisman finalist. Never said he would win the Heisman Heisman
2: finalist. No, you definitely called him a Heisman winner, and you couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> Either way, I was wrong. I'll take that yeah. one on the chin. I
3: can't believe he just said he's wrong. Let's put it on the board, boys. I'm, I am not like Woody.
2: I will admit when I'm wrong. Well, <laughs> you have to admit it, you have to be wrong, and I'm never wrong. Just oh, like I'm not wrong yeah. with KJ oh, Hamler. KJ Hamler, come on, man! That was a great, that was awesome. What? Okay, hold on, I got you. I got you. You're never wrong, but it, remind
1: me the season that Dor- that Dorfey took Shea Patterson for his Heisman winner. Who did you have as your stud quarterback in that that year? Garrett huh? Stidham. Yeah. yeah, that's fair though. That's Garrett Stidham. Is he good. was awful that year. He was awful that year. It's still
2: fair preseason. Bill Belichick likes Jarrett Stidham. I know, Bill I don't Belichick.
3: Care. The, he, the, did he win the Heisman? Bill Belichick
1: he, also likes
2: sweaters
3: without sleeves on them.
2: Are you really questioning Bill Belichick's decision making? No, yes. I'm questioning your decision making on
1: evaluating
3: college potential
1: to win a Heisman. <laughs>
0: Anyways, also if
3: you put a hundred dollars on Kellen to win the Heisman, it's um, I think you get like four grand back
2: because he's not going to win the Heisman. <laughs> You're giving Vegas free money. There's a reason they put long odds out there.
3: That's also true.
2: Speaking of never being wrong, KJ <laughs> Hamler is going to be an absolute stud in the NFL. He's going. Probably in the late second, early third, I have him way higher in my draft board, certainly ahead of Henry Ruggs. He's another physical receiver, put, the t- put Penn State on his back for a lot of the season, absolute electric playmaker, can help you in the return game too, KJ Hamler's a stud. And lastly, digging pretty deep, I'm going to throw a flyer out there, I really like Cole McDonald out of Hawaii. Cole McDonald, oh, if you're dude. looking for a quarterback, I have him way higher than Justin Herbert, than Jordan Love, all these guys that everybody wants to be good. Well, guess what? Cole, Cole McDonald is good. Cole McDonald completed 63% of his passes last year, threw for over 4,000 yards, had a 33 to 14 touchdown to interception ratio, 147 passer rating. He also ran for almost 400 yards. He's got a big arm. He's six foot four, two 220 pounds. He's projectable, and you can get him in the sixth round. Seems like Bill Belichick's next big guy. That's Damn. all I have. I'm done talking now. All right, well, I'll, I'll <laughs> follow that up since uh, you
1: decided to steal about half of my guys. I know you um, hate Justin Herbert. <laughs> yeah, Justin Herbert was You're on my Justin bus. Uh, guys. Coming into this year, I had I love Justin Herbert. He, he had all the measurables. I oh, thought yeah. one more year he would be able to prove it. And he Best proved – he that's all he proved is that he can't play quarterback. He took his senior year and his stock plummeted. And they still have him going fifth, which is why I have him as a gigantic bust. I'm not taking him fifth. I'm not taking him in the first two rounds if I had to pick. Uh, that kind of leads me into my first gym. The pick after that in the mock draft, they have Tua going a pick after Justin Herbert. Tua at six is a steal for so many reasons. Starting with, he was the presumptive number one pick before he had a hip injury that he's already recovered from, working out, and is, his physicals look great. If he's recovered from the injury, he still has the talent of that number one pick that everyone knew he was. So at six, give me that all day. Uh, my stud, another one you stole, Isaiah Simmons is my stud, and you listed all of his measurables of why he's a stud. But the biggest reason he's a stud is he can play any position in the defense. We're living in – the way basketball is moving to positionless basketball, NFL defenses are doing the same thing. You've got to have versatile playmakers that can that can defend every position and receivers, tight ends, doesn't matter, and can tackle. have to be able to pull at any position. Isaiah Simmons can do that, no doubt. Stud is Jerry Judy at 15. Jerry Judy is – the best receiver in the draft in my opinion. And in a league that worships receivers at fifteen to the Broncos, the Broncos are getting a steal even if they're quarterback suspect. No offense, Father. It's okay. And he's not proven yet. Uh, another another bust kind of on the same note. Two picks earlier than Jimmy Henry Rugs. I'm with I'm with Woody there. Henry Ruggs, yeah, he's fast. He's fast as hell. But he didn't produce in college. I don't know what makes you think he's going to produce for sure in the NFL, especially to draft at 13th overall with Jerry Judy still on the board in this wide receiver draft class. I I don't get it. Um, Leave the experiments for the second round. Uh, Especially in this draft. Yeah, especially in this draft, which is leading me into my next gym a steal, Colin Johnson at 137. <laughs> I, know, I knew you were Johnson, going there. I'm Colin Johnson is built like an NFL receiver. He, uh, he didn't have a great senior year. He, he flashed all the time. He shows flashes. He had a suspect passing quarterback, and that's going to just drive people off the wall to call Sam Eldridge that. Sam Eldridge is a suspect thrower. He's an elite playmaker. He's a suspect thrower. And Colin Johnson oh, yeah. is a playmaker that is an NFL receiver. And at in the fourth round
2: at 137, all day, every day. People forget his junior year, he was better than LJ Humphreys. No doubt. No doubt. His junior, he was very good as junior. And then,
1: so then my other bust is uh, probably more related to his position than anything else. Uh, nothing personal to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but... A running back in the middle in the middle of the second round? Yeah, I see where you're going there. You know, you try to go cheap at a running back, but I don't think Clyde Edwards-O'Leary is the guy. I think he's just another guy that will be in the league for four years and play his rookie contract and be done. He's not your future at
2: your position. And 49th overall is just too early to go there. Especially in this draft class where there's just so much running back talent. I mean – you go down the list. You can go grab an Eno Benjamin in the fourth round.
1: And and in my
2: last gym is Eno Benjamin.
1: This one had him projected at 138. 138 Eno low. Benjamin. Uh, his senior year, not as good as his junior year. He ran for 1,600 yards his junior year. Only 1,000 his senior year. But he can do it all. He can pass catch. And obviously he can run He his junior his – I'm sorry, his sophomore year was a 1600 year he averaged five and a half yards per attempt on rushes with a suspect offense like the offense just didn't run well unless you know Benjamin was having the ball so give me you know Benjamin in the in the fourth round and I'll leave Clyde Edwards-Alaire to the Steelers in the second.
3: Founder, you want to go or you want me to follow that? I'll grab a beer. Yeah, yeah, I can go ahead and hop on. on that.
4: Let me just say I'm pissed off because y'all have taken basically all of my busts and the only bus that I'm left with at this point are second rounders because my number one bust beyond a shadow of a doubt is Henry Ruggs third. And it's not even saying that, like, you know, that he's guaranteed to be a bust or that he can't develop at some point, but it just makes no sense to me why they have this guy rated so high in this draft of all drafts, especially when there's guys like one of my in particular sleepers who none of y'all mentioned for whatever reason – because <clears throat> I guarantee you all know his name. It's a guy named Omar Bayless out of Arkansas State University. He's a 6'1", 212 pounder. Um, he didn't have the most impressive uh, combine, I'll say. He ran like a four-six forty. I think it was like 11 or 12 reps on the bench. I mean, I don't really know if, if all of the measurables and everything at the draft are, are what you want to look at when it comes to a guy like this, because he's just a straight-up football player. He's one of those guys that really might not measure out that well, but – When you look at him, when you look at the tape and what he was able to do at Arkansas State, again, some of the talent that's in – I don't remember what conference that is in particular. But, like, playing Georgia Southern, and for one, you put that tape on. And, I mean, he just dominated the entire game. So, he's going to be an instant impact, uh, definitely um, in the league, I think. Uh, Definitely could be a return man, special teams, that kind of stuff. Uh, But – Anyways, moving on to uh, one of my studs of this draft. Uh, It's a guy that nobody's talked about in here yet either. Uh, I actually had T. Higgins and Jerry Judy down, so I'll go to my third choice. It's a guy named uh, Derek Brown, who we should all be very familiar with from SEC country from
1: Auburn. I just want to point out, Arkansas State's in the Sun Belt. Um, My sister would get mad if I didn't make sure we knew that. Sun Belt, Fun Belt. I appreciate that.
4: I knew knew the conference. I just couldn't remember what it was. Okay, so Derek Brown – is one of my studs in this draft. Uh, they've got him rated as a low first-rounder. I would probably – I mean, I don't know. He could go a little bit higher for me, just depending on the team's needs and how trades work out in this particular draft. I mean, he's a massive guy in that defensive line at 6'5", 326. Another one of the gems that I wanted to talk about, uh, Caesar Ruiz from Michigan, uh, offensive lineman, center. Um, another big boy, 6'3", 307. Ran a 5'08", in the combine. I mean, this guy seems like he'll be – Definitely a starter within the first couple of years in the NFL. The guy might need a couple of years to really adjust the speed of the league. Uh, but once he gets a hold of it, I feel like that's going to be a guy who's going to be a ten-year vet easily and, uh, and go on to do some really big things. And I know it's not necessarily a sleeper because he is still great as a first-rounder, but that's a guy that could easily be taken top five in my opinion.
2: So with Derek Brown, everything that, I've yeah. seen is having him in the top ten picks. I think that's way too high for an interior guy that doesn't get after the passer. He's a run oh, really? stopper and he seen... and he's a badass run stopper, but there's no way I'm taking somebody that can't get after the passer on the defensive line and the top ten picks.
1: Like I know you don't want to use a top ten pick on a guy that's not rushing the passer, but you can't rush the passer if you don't have somebody in the middle to eat up blockers, eat up the run game, so that you can get into the long just the long yardage situations and put the uh, specialty
2: pass rushers, in. I mean, yeah, yeah. Hey, I get that, but I can find three hundred and thirty pound run stoppers in the second and third round.
1: I don't, I don't know if you can. I mean,
2: there's teams. Justin still Matabike. Balling. Justin Matabike is going to be available in the second round. Maybe, maybe he is the guy. But he, but if you can get a in
1: a top ten pick, if I don't really care what the position is, if it's a guy that's going to be a stud for
2: a long time, it's worth it. And I just don't think the NFL values run-stoppers like they used to. Right now, they all want the next Aaron Donald, the defensive tackle that's going to rush the passer and make a big difference. They're not putting a whole lot of value on a guy that's going to have four sacks a year but going to control the line of scrimmage. They don't value it the same way, and those guys aren't getting paid.
1: If there was a guy like Aaron Donald in this draft, pick, draft class, he'd be picked
2: number one overall. There's just not guys like Aaron Donald sitting around. I'm not arguing that. <laughs> what I'm telling you is they want people that are going to play every down on the defensive line. They're not paying run stoppers anymore. Yeah,
1: but your edge rushers aren't playing every down. The best ones play 50% of the snaps.
3: True. All right. All right, so my number one boom. I don't care where this guy gets drafted at. It could be number one overall, and it's going to be worth it. Jeff Okuda, you do not go through a football season and have zero pass interferences called against you as a cornerback. He's a badass. I, I, Fair point. I, just, I feel that Okuda, no matter where he goes, he's going to be on our roster as a starter from day one for multiple years. And then uh, he's been mentioned a little bit, T. Higgins. I just wanted to throw him in there because I, ha- I saw him in per- person twice, and that guy is an animal. Just what he, can, what he can do to the football to grab it out of the air, I'll, I'll never forget it. He, he went over the A&M defensive back, plucks the ball out of the air, and all in one motion turns around and stretches it over the goal line for a touchdown. And it's one of the most grown man plays I've seen in a long time.
4: Athletic, like big boy, that's little boy stuff right there
3: type deal. Exactly. <clears throat> um, speaking of grown man plays, Justin Matabike, depending on where he goes, is a boom. If he goes in the first round, oh, I yeah. think that's about on par. Any, anywhere after the second half of the second round pick, that's a steal. That that Georgia offensive line has got a bunch of studs on it, and he absolutely manhandled them. And he manhandled half of the SEC. Going with the same theme of Jeff Okuda, DeAndre Swift is a monster. I, I think he's the best back out of all the Georgia backs. Him and Todd Gurley are going to be the best. And because of who he played with and, and how the carries panned out, he probably will have a better or a, a longer career than uh, – Todd Gurley, better better uh, than Nick Chubb. I think I think in college, yes. I'm predicting that he will be better than Nick Chubb.
2: Yes. I think a lot of that just depends on the team he goes to. Right. Oops. Nick Chubb got. I mean, a good team. look what happened to Kenyon Drake. Kenyon said. Drake finally gets out of fucking Miami and explodes. I think a lot of running back really just depends on the team you go to. Right. So Nick Chubb got a good scenario there. He's got a team
3: that's been stockpiling draft picks. Quarterback sucks. Play callers suck. I'm throwing something about Duke Johnson. You, I, I, I don't want to make it sound like Duke y'all
1: Johnson. are wrong here. I mean, not Duke Johnson, uh, Nick Chubb. What the fuck? I don't want to make it sound like y'all are wrong here on Nick Chubb, but y'all are talking about that yeah, was because of the situation. Nick Chubb as a rookie was 5.2 yards per attempt. The everyone else on that team rushing the ball, Carlos Hyde, garbage. Duke Johnson is just Duke Johnson. So, are you stupid? It's not the position.
2: So, we have the whole Texans backfield. That's great. I don't care. I'm not arguing Nick Chubb isn't a badass. I'm saying the situation helped a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, was the situation really that good, though? Eh, a, a fucking washed-up Carlos Hyde sucked, and Duke Johnson didn't run the ball. What's new?
3: When we're on episode – Carlos Hyde was the staple of the
2: playoff Texans. He had 1,000 yards. When we go Carlos to... Hyde had 1,000 yards on like 300 and some odd carries. Still had 1,000 yards. I don't we give go... a shit. I can run for 1,000 yards if you give me enough carries. Yeah, but he's old. Carlos Hyde got – cut by the Chiefs for LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn's still good. No, LaShawn's garbage.
3: Well, he just carries the ball like this. That's all. No Talk about washed up. All right, and so my bus, I got Clay V on, Chase on, just like y'all do. Um, oh, I forgot a boom. It, I, we're, we're, let me ask you this. Where are y'all seeing Grant Delpit going right now?
2: I, even... I see him in the second round.
3: What are you, what that's where I've have? seen him on
2: my mock drafts. Yeah, middle of the second, early 2nd okay. will I'll leave him as is. I like that. I think that's perfectly fair. I think Grant Delp, it's a ball player. Okay. So two, oh, the, dude, the, I,
4: the, I forgot about my, my other bust. What, who, what you got? Uh, well, I don't want to cut you off, but okay. – uh, And he's only projected second round, but Raekwon Davis
3: uh, from Bama. Yeah. I, I'm is, hesitant to ever call out a Bama player. I
2: refuse to call a Bama player a bust.
3: <laughs> my only
4: problem with – my only issue – the only reason that I really wanted – and he's he's third on my list for busts. Like, I have Henry Ruggs, obviously, first. Jacob Beeson, which I don't even think you can call him a bust because he's not projected to do much. Uh, but Raekwon, I just – I feel like the Bama pedigree is too much, and especially this past season. I don't know. I just feel like that's – I don't know. And I hate to have two – that's probably a bad idea on my part to have two Bama players in my book at home. <laughs> hey, that's statistics
3: your... do not favor you. <laughs> that's what I'm guys. That's your funeral when Phyllis from Murga comes after you when we become famous <laughs> and she finds this episode.
2: Y'all know what the problem is. Henry Ruggs is going to fall to the Chiefs, and then he's going to be a badass because Pat Mahomes is just going to throw it up and hope either Tyreek Davis or Henry Ruggs falls underneath it. <laughs> Henry Ruggs isn't going to the Chiefs. I have a hard time believing Henry Ruggs is going before Jerry, Jerry Judy, and C.D. Lamb. There's no fucking way. Dude, NFL crazy. teams love speed too much. They're not letting him fall to 32nd. There's no. He's not good. He's never done anything. I'm not arguing. That's not what I'm arguing. I'm arguing that NFL teams will draft him just because he's fast. Then why did Miko Hardman go in like the fourth last year?
1: Yeah.
4: And that wasn't a wide receiver heavy draft at all.
2: Was right. Miko Hardman the
1: one with uh, character issues coming out?
2: No, that was Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Tyree. yeah, well, we all knew Tyreek Hill was a character issue. So, why he went did Mikul go so low? Miko was probably faster than Henry Ruggs. Mikul Harbin ran a 4 3 3. There you what
3: go. What did Henry Ruggs run?
2: Probably not a 4 3 3.
3: I think he ran like a
2: 4 2 7.
3: Oh, fuck. Holy shit <laughs> That's so
2: fast.
1: Really?
0: <laughs> oh my
3: god! But we saw how that worked with John Ross. What happened to the island? But look, think about John Ross.
2: Shot up, shot up three rounds because he was fast. Yeah, and it's yeah. absurd. John Ross wasn't good in college. He played for UW and was not good. They draft for serious. speed. Speak, hey. Speaking of UW, Michael
1: Hardman went in the second round. Okay, he went. He went. He went second, second
2: round. round. Late second round. Fine, that's where Henry Ruggs should go. If somebody drafts Henry, Henry Ruggs, Ruggs in the late go. second, fine. Henry Ruggs
1: should go, but Nicole Hardman didn't go to Alabama. and Oh, he went to Georgia. He went to a
2: playoff Georgia team.
1: Not the same. It's not, it's still not Bama.
3: <laughs> hey, hey. Speaking of UW, my next bust is the other Georgia quarterback, Jacob Easton. I've seen him in the – That was what I just said.
4: Jacob Eason? Yeah, Jacob Eason. He's Well, he's uh, UW. I didn't,
3: oh, know I didn't he hear there. you say Jacob Eason.
4: Well, I said Jacob Eason. I have him on my bus list, but I, it's like I – I don't
2: think he's, he's going player. like anywhere I just, near around that a, you can even call him a bus. He's just a dog yeah, throw. I right. just
3: saw him as a 50th-ranked prospect. Yeah, 50th-ranked prospect.
4: Really? Where? Where?
3: CBS.
4: CBS did ask, dude, really? I
2: I didn't even see him on the. Oh well, I guess fiftieth. Everywhere I've seen, has him in like the fifth round, and at that point, that's just a dart throw for a quarterback.
1: Third round. Third round I've seen him in the
2: middle of the third.
0: Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. That's right. that's, that's a no third. No, it's way third. too
2: fucking high for a guy that has not done a goddamn thing his whole time. His whole Miss life. Me. You know, boy, I want to Miss me? Miss me on that? I'm out. People then, are still fighting over that five star ranking for. Whatever. Yeah. No, and here's, that's here's
3: why the I'm other, other bust, one. I can't. Here's the other one. I don't care. I don't. If he goes undrafted and gets signed, it's still a bust because of all the bullshit oh, yeah. I've heard to heard on TV for the last three years. Jake Prom sucks. Jake. I'm glad Prom that's sucks. where you were going with that. I was Jake Prom, Okay. Hey, the last three years, Georgia has lost six games. Seven. I'm sorry. Seven games. And those seven games, Jake Fromm attempted more than twenty five passes. Twenty five passes Ooh. in the college level, and you can't. And that that's he he ended up winning ten because I think this year he actually developed a little bit. But the first two years, anytime they threw more than ten or more than twenty five times in a game, they lost more than fifty percent of the time. It, it was like I think a. 425 win percentage whenever he threw more than 25 times a game before this season and i don't care where he goes i had to state that because i have been fighting and if it weren't for the refs this number would be even closer it would be nine wins to eight losses if every time he had over three years nine wins to eight losses anytime he attempted more than 25 passes Damn, that's a. So I was
2: thinking about this earlier today, randomly. Now, James knows how much I love this boy. How much does Georgia regret now choosing Jake Fromm over Justin Fields? Because if you ask me, Justin Fields is a better college quarterback than Trevor Lawrence, not a better pro prospect. Trevor Lawrence is a better pro prospect. Justin Fields is the better college quarterback. Justin Fields is the most electric player in college football right now. And they decided to have Jake Fromm be their quarterback instead.
4: I agree. That was a dumb decision, but I don't think I agree with the other thing.
2: Why? Yeah, Sam Ellinger yeah, is an awesome. That's,
4: that's my issue is that I can't have a real argument for anybody that, it is, that is a more electric player right now. I'd have to think about it a little bit.
2: I had this argument with James earlier earlier in the year. And I kind of proved him wrong with the stats. Justin Fields runs better, throws better, has a higher completion percentage, has less interceptions, has more touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence has elite athletes all over the field and has the best defense in the nation. That's a fact. Which I think think is part of the reason the stats favor
1: Fields not not the athletes the athletes obviously help smart but it's not like Ohio State's struggling to get athletes to play wide receiver or running back I mean go look at the draft class. It's littered with Ohio State offensive players but the fact that the defense isn't good you have to go out and produce more you can't game manage you can't you can't sit on the ball you can't hand the ball off to ETN and let him run you have to air it out and you have to produce stats which Fields did I'm Fields is an electric player
2: I think if I was starting a college football team right now, I would still take Trevor Lawrence on the field. See, and that's just where I disagree. You're acting like J.K. Dobbins didn't get his. He did. He did get his, no doubt.
0: But
1: they also had to score – they also gave up a lot more points per game, so they had to score a lot more points
2: per game. And they played better defenses. Trevor Lawrence is playing ACC defenses. True. He gets to play North Carolina, NC State, all these garbage defenses. Justin Fields is playing Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, (laughs) Iowa. Even though Michigan. (laughs) He's playing much better defenses and just acting like they have never seen the field before.
3: Yeah. This might be a topic for another time.
2: Yeah, but I'm gonna grab a do, beer. We could do a
3: whole episode on oh. Justin Fields for Trevor Lawrence. Well uh-huh. I was gonna I was gonna go into are Big Ten defense is that good or the offense is that abysmal?
1: Well yes.
2: Michigan, Michigan would uh-huh. argue for both sides. Yeah, <laughs> yes. The answer right. is yes. I do have one final deep, deep, deep sleeper who didn't even in get, get invited to the Combine. You'll get him in the seventh round. I'm going to catch some shit from James, I know. My boy, Khalil Tate. Khalil Tate was the most electric football player in college football. No, Kevin Sumlin got his grimy fucking hands on him. (laughs) Kevin Sumlin managed to ruin the most electric football player in the nation, how do you do that? Khalil Tate will run a sub four four forty, and can throw the ball all over the field. Kevin, someone just managed to fuck that up. Kevin, someone could fuck up a wet dream, and he fucked up Khalil Tate. Somebody's gonna take a chance on him in the seventh round, and they're gonna like it. Everybody's looking for the next Lamar Jackson. Who's the best athletic, best athlete? Who's a quarterback in this draft? Nobody will argue anybody but Khalil Tate.
3: The other thing is is I think Lamar Jackson's a way
2: way better thrower than Khalil Tate. But if you go back and look at the year the summer between Khalil Tate's freshman year and sophomore year, everybody's calling him the Heisman, everybody's calling him the number 1 overall pick, everybody's all over him. There's only one thing that changed there. Kevin Sumlin. It's Kevin fucking Sumlin. Kevin Sumlin managed to lose not one, but two NFL quarterbacks in one fucking year. Kevin Sumlin made Kyler Murray look terrible against the SEC. I don't care that he was a freshman. He's Kyler fucking Murray. Khalil Tate is definitely worth a gamble in the seventh round. I think he could be an absolutely electric quarterback in the NFL.
4: Also, someone absolutely lied to Murray to get him to a Like, I don't think that they were under the impression that he was going to come out and start his freshman year. I yeah. don't think
2: they...
4: 100%. Kyler, actually, I think he was being interviewed by the uh, Players' Tribune was talking about how he came to AM not expecting to start. Like, he definitely – he wanted to. At some point, he wanted to be able to compete, but he – like, he'll tell you in his own words, like, he wasn't ready. Um, and, I mean, I think that had a lot to do with, you know, not just transferring – but like sitting behind Baker and obviously Baker was on fire and whatever else. I think Kyler was a better quarterback by far at OU at that point in time, but that's a whole nother argument. So, you know, but yeah, losing Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray in the span of what, two, three months, even not even that. I mean, you you have to be so incompetent as a leader and a head coach. Like I I don't know, I don't know how you can get another job. And Arizona state was really primed to make some kind of a run when they did hire someone. Arizona. Oh yeah, yeah. Arizona, my bad. That state's Herm Edwards, but yeah, Arizona had it, was was I think really prime to make like maybe not like a serious playoff run, but like they were going to be some. They were going to be one of the more entertaining teams in football or in college football, and they just. I, I mean, someone just came in with that Noel Mazzoni offense did not work with Khalil Tate whatsoever. What? Built to. Oh
2: god, Mazzoni what offense. I need a fucking beer before I slam the computer on oh, the god, I'm ground. <laughs> Kevin Sumlin
1: managed to be worse than the guy he got that got fired for him, which was Rich
2: Rod. <laughs>
1: yeah. How are you worse than Rich Rodriguez? Worse than Rich Rod.
2: Now I will say, old Rich Rod had a hell of a program down at West Virginia back in the Pat White days. Yeah. Steve Slayton, Pat White. Steve Slayton, Pat White. That was a fucking program, boys. Dude, who did they who did
3: they fuck on Coastal? Everyone? No, in the Orange Bowl. They beat the, the shit Clinton out of game somebody. Was the one that was like 60 to 50 or some shit yeah, like that, right? I think they beat the shit out of somebody in the Orange Bowl.
2: Pat like, White is an all-time great NCAA football, like, game player. Oh, yeah. Like, like in, in video games? In video games. Yeah. <laughs> all-time <laughs> <For> great NCAA <laughs> video game player. All-time. Sorry. Pat White was unfucking stoppable. It was basically like having Mike Vick on West Virginia's team. Hey, real
3: quick. I don't, I don't want to The score of that game was 70 to 33. I told you, <laughs> you they to beat the shit out of them.
2: Jesus and, Christ.
1: And West Virginia scored 35 unanswered at one point. It was 28-20. And 28-20 halfway through the second. The next thing they look up at the end of the third, and it's 63
3: to 20.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me while Guess I. Guess who was on that team. Guess who was on, which, on that team, James? On which, on which team? West Virginia team. Uh, Stedman Bailey? My
1: boy, Pat McAfee. Let's go. Was, oh, that's true. I was about to say Pat McAfee, but I was like, no, he was after that. Pat they, McAfee was on that team. Man. That West Virginia team, think about the receivers just in that game on both sides DeAndre Hopkins, Stedman Bailey, Tavon Austin. There's just, all kinds of stud uh, NFL prospects in that game alone.
2: Tayvon Austin's w- yeah. one of the most electric players in college football history. Sammy period. Watkins, Jerron Brown, Martavius Bryant, Adam Humphreys.
3: Jesus. Three, yeah.
1: There's Lord, six NFL receivers on these rosters. That's insane. And they only scored 30 even, points. And that's not even uh, getting into the quarterbacks. <laughs>
3: Who was the quarterback, Tosh Boy? Geno Smith. And no, Tosh Boyd. Yeah. yeah, no, the Clemson oh, quarterback. I hey,
2: James, you forgot a wide receiver back then. Who's that? Hunter Renfro. Oh man! <laughs> oh
1: yeah, that was that was year negative. That was probably his freshman year, right?
4: <laughs> no, that was his sophomore season. His first,
1: his <laughs> first freshman year. His first freshman year. It's called a red shirt, bro. Yeah. You know. Gino Smith, the the uh, getting a fight over a pair of headphones, kind
2: of. My favorite oh, video ever is watching Gino Smith come back to the draft room on day two of the draft. That's amazing. Why would you come back? Just stay home, dude. Stay
4: home. Like, why do you have to be there? Just stay home. What, are you going to get a
2: jersey with the number two on it?
1: Just a year.
4: Did
2: you see Rex Ryan throwing shade at him? No. Good.
1: Rex well, no, Ryan was saying how he would have won games, basically, was saying how he would have won more games if he wasn't stuck with Geno Smith as his quarterback. He drafted Geno Smith.
2: He chose Geno Smith and said, This is my guy. No, Rex Ryan said, I got this Mark Sanchez guy, and Geno Smith's here in the second. Fuck it. It can't get worse. Yeah. Was that post butt fumble? Uh, I think it well, was like prime butt fumble era. <laughs> Yeah. I'm pretty sure Geno Smith had
1: to start as a rookie because that's how bad it was. It was pretty bad. Man,
4: Mark Sanchez was going to be so good. Y'all remember that? In his first two years, they were good. And he was good. Exactly, yeah. In his first two years. His
2: first two years, he also had one of the most elite defenses of all time. I mean, still. My boy Bart Scott saying, can't wait. Okay, but you
1: can't shame the guy for having elite defenses when – Uh, Mitchell Trubisky has
2: elite defenses and he (laughs) can't win 10 games. True. Mitchell Trubisky's about to lose his job to Nick Foles. Oh, BDN. I think the (laughs) Bears... Now, I have a theory on this. I think the Bears should intentionally injure Mitch Trubisky because Nick Foles is only good when coming in for an injured quarterback.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying you want Khalil Mack in the parking lot with a piece of
2: pipe? No, just... I don't know, break a leg or something. It's got I'm to just happen saying, game. it's got to happen in game. I'm sorry, like, pull, it's like pull, I think, pull
1: the, uh, pull the uh, longest yard. Where, oh no, not longest yard. What is it when they just don't block? No, for him? it's
2: longest yard. Just oh, lay it.
0: Yeah, just they oh, you
2: it. They don't block for him. Let the boy get hurt. Nick Foles comes in. He's a Super Bowl quarterback now.
0: Yep.
3: So for this next segment, we're going to each draft two receivers and two running backs from this rookie class that is set to be drafted this weekend. We are going to start with myself because at the time of this filming, at the time of this filming, I was wearing an orange shirt, which resembled the Bengals. And we're going to keep up with the fantasy stats of these four individuals on our teams. And at the end of the season, whoever accumulates the most points will be proclaimed the winner. And the loser will have some kind of punishment or this will be for money. The bet is to be determined. Therefore, I think we are ready to roll. I am going to take Gary Judy.
1: Well, um, since this is
4: such a wide receiver heavy draft, I guess I'll go running back first. Am I? Am I next? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then I'm gonna go with DeAndre Swift. All right. You took Judy, right?
2: James.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Jerry Judy was my number one. <laughs> but um I think I'm gonna have to go with uh JK Dobbins. Just because I think I think he'll go he'll be the one of the first running backs off the board. The teams that go running back first are normally teams that don't have anything at running back
2: like the Dolphins and he'll just get a lot of work, so give me Dobbins. I like it. I was gonna take Dobbins. Um but not before I take my boy C.D. Lamb. That's got to happen. Yep. So, with my next pick, because it's snake draft, um, I think there's three true top-end running backs in this draft class. Um, DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins are already taken. So, I'm going to take the third in my mind, and that's Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. Oh. And... Now I have my running back and wide receiver ones. All right, that goes so back to James now.
1: Yes, I, I like the the going running back, then uh, receiver and running back to start it. So I need a receiver. I'm going to go with the maybe maybe the most talented guy in this draft, and I'm going to go get T. Higgins. <sighs> and just hope and pray he goes somewhere that's going to use him. Hopefully not the Rams since they don't know how to use receivers and uh, somehow somehow the quarterback gets worse every year. I don't know how golf manages to do that, but Dorfee's fantasy team knows about that.
2: <laughs>
4: well, since y'all are leaving me in such a old Jonathan Taylor off, I think I'm going to have to go with my wide receiver one, and it's going to be Justin Jefferson from LSU.
3: I think at running back, I'm going to go Cam Akers. God oh,
4: Florida State, right?
3: Yeah. Yep. I'm going to just go ahead and take Clyde Edwards for later. One of those will be an every-down yeah. back for some, for some shitty team or some average team.
1: I don't think Clyde edwards or will be an every-down back for his entire career, like any
3: time in his career.
1: This no, okay. Him.
3: Meaningful snaps, I should have said.
4: Yes, My sir. Order. Okay, well, um, I need a running back. Uh, I'm going to go with Zach Moss from Utah. Uh, <sighs> isn't he Santana Moss's cousin, too? I kept hearing that during the regular season. Uh, I, have I,
2: could no I have no idea.
4: I could be wrong about that. So, you know, good pedigree, I guess you could say to an extent.
1: I'll give you a, an interesting Zach Moss uh, little bit if you want it. Give me one. In, in college, Zach Moss missed most of the previous year, not last year, uh, 2018, 2019, yeah, because he injured his foot crawling into bed, according to him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot Crawling about into that. into bed is the excuse he gave for how he hurt But ah, This one's tough. This guy might not get any runs, but if he does, if he gets drafted through a team that needs him, I think he's a stud. So I'm going to go A.J. Dillon from Boston College. It was, my, it was my dude. Fuck you. From my college fantasy team. And I think if he gets a chance, I think, he, I think he's a stud. So hopefully he gets drafted by uh, – very needy team. Damn it.
2: <laughs> I know where you're going. I know where you're going, Woody. So, Woody's taking Eno Benjamin. Yep, that, that was my, uh, fucker, my backup. pocket might as well. And then at wide receiver, I'm going to take Henry Ruggs III out of Bama. <laughs> it was between him and Laviska Chennault. It hurt really bad to do my boy LaVisca like that. Because everybody knows I'm a huge fan of his. But at this value, I have to take Henry Ruggs uh speedsters like henry ruggs that aren't true receivers take a
1: while to develop look at me cole hardman produced almost nothing as a rookie sure uh that's why i would stay away from him and i'm going for more of nfl ready talent and that's why i'm going for the for the uh last my last pick of jalen rager just a guy God damn it <laughs> to be an nfl receiver sure-handed and just knows the position Hopefully, gets drafted by a team quarterbacked by not
2: Ryan Fitzpatrick. I like Jalen Rager a lot, but That's I think who you're looking for is actually KJ Hamler. That was my that was
1: my pick. If you took Rager, uh, I like Hamler.
4: I think I'm going to go with a school that I absolutely despise, in Notre Dame, and a guy named Chase Claypool.
3: I'm going to say Denzel some... Mims.
1: Straight up the flow chart. <laughs> I,
2: didn't even I, don't, I don't
1: hate the Denzel Mims pick.
2: Over LaVisca Chenault, you're out to lunch. That's what I'm saying, LaVisca. Over K.J. Hamler, you're out to lunch. How come you didn't drop, draft these guys? Hey, I don't because... have to have a tight end. You know why? Because yes. you're all talk. Because Henry Ruggs was still available in the fourth round. Right. And Henry Ruggs is not going to be worth it. I don't like fantasy. Henry Ruggs in the first round of the NFL draft. I like Henry Ruggs in the fourth round of a skill position draft. Not for a rookie fantasy draft. Absolutely. Wrong. Oh. We'll find out, won't we? we damn sure. I don't will. have to have a tight end. Yes, you do, motherfucker. That's the rules. Okay,
3: I, I can't – I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, and I do not want to butcher it. Uh, Wuga Baba Pobli from oh. the Missouri guy. Yeah, Say the Missouri, the
2: Missouri oh, tight end. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like,
2: what? No goddamn clue, man. Yeah.
3: I, I don't know. I'm not That's even going to try. I, I'm, I tried, football, it really. and it was bad. He's, he's like really a, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's like a – uh like a Ricky. Like Ricky no, I I don't know if he's comparable in his game, but I mean he's that kind of like a H back, uh tight end, wide out, he's a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. He's good. More more passing oriented than receive, uh blocking oriented. Oh, I got you. Six five ran a four four nine.
1: Did he really? Holy shit.
3: He's no TJ Hawkinson, but
1: no well what do you that. TJ Hawkinson wasn't the best tight end in his draft. Sure wasn't. He
3: was no a top a twenty tight end. That draft. The college team. He was a top twenty tight end in, in fantasy. That's all that matters. All right. Who are
1: you drafting you know as takes... your
2: running back, man?
1: You know who it's what it takes to be a top twenty tight end in, in fantasy? It means you played, like, six games. I'm yeah. yeah. telling
3: you, y'all said you do not have two top 20 tight ends on your No, you,
1: you said, said top, top eight. eight. You said <laughs> top 10 tight ends. I did say top 10. You're right. You, you built that. into the hype when I told you not to, and you were wrong. And it
2: wasn't two. You said you had three. And you had, in fact, none.
3: Who was the third?
2: Hunter Henry. Yep.
3: Fucking Philip Rivers.
1: <laughs> Which means that now you owe me Kane. That's just how it works. I owe everybody
2: Cain's. We also need to describe the uh, explain the bets. Yeah, Flounder, you're up. On tight end. All right, fuck it then. I'm taking Thad Moss. Solid pick.
1: And I'm going to go to the tight end from Notre Dame and go with old Cole Smith. And just hope and pray that Get I mean, it's a, rookie in. it's a crap shoot anyway, so.
4: I don't know, man. This is going to be a really interesting draft for many, many reasons, not, not the least of which being that it's virtual.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they didn't get to see basically anybody's pro day.
4: Yeah. No, that was the thing with my, my, one of my connections that he was telling me about was really weird. They've just been out of work for basically the duration of all this and, like, It's not necessarily supposed to be very busy with the two weeks leading up to the draft as far as scouting goes. But, I mean, they were still supposed to be looking at tape and going to pro days and all this kind of shit, and it just all fell apart.
2: All right. With my tight end pick, I was really kind of banking on one of the three that you guys picked falling for me. I thought about the guy out of Dayton, Adam Trotman. He's rated pretty high, isn't he? Yeah, but he ran a 4.8 at the Combine, and I just don't trust a guy from Dayton to translate to the next level early. Yeah, um,
4: especially right off the bat.
2: <clears throat> yeah, it's real tough. Um, so I'm going to go with a guy that whose draft stock fell considerably. I think he would have been a third-round draft pick if he didn't get hurt in his uh, – senior year and that is jacob Breland out of oregon oh yeah um, that's actually
4: a really good pick i think he's I like really him.
2: good he got hurt obviously he couldn't uh he couldn't even perform in the combine that hurts his draft stock a lot i think somebody's going to get a steal from him in about the fourth or fifth round oh, yeah he's probably not going to perform in the first year but what am I working with here? I mean, it's that or Colby <laughs> Parkinson or a guy who played for Dayton all They're year. Dating. I mean, no, nah, that dude ran a 4 nine forty in the combine. I'm all the way out on that <laughs> shit. He was at Vandy yeah. and couldn't be the focus of their offense there. But it is I'd bold be lying strategy. if I said I loved it. It is a bold
1: strategy to go with the not even the best receiver from a school in Oregon. Yeah. Isaiah Hodges but, is a better receiver. But I, oh, you're I do out like to him, lunch though. on that, dude. He'll go higher in draft. Like I guarantee that. You're out to lunch.
4: Who, who is LSU back upside in? Kane's
1: bet that Isaiah Hodges will go before Breland.
2: I mean – Kane's bet.
4: As everybody
2: – Fucking put it on the board, bitch. Put it on the board. So, a Kane's bet. Basically, it came from our love of Kane's. We used to go to college basketball games and – They used to give us free coupons for uh, Cane's boxes when we didn't suck. And we used to go to Cane's a whole hell of a lot. And then we'd have it the next day for lunch because we got free Cane's. So what came out of that was Cane's bets. And we would bet on whatever stupid shit we thought of throughout the week on Cane's bets. And we would keep track of it and basically every time i argue with james it turns into a canes bet and whoever wins gets a box of canes double toast no slaw obviously we're not animals always if you do you're a savage Uh, uh, so when jacob Breland gets drafted ahead of whatever Scrub James was just talking about. <laughs> hey, hey, we cool, that. James, I'm going James. to get a free box of Canes, and we're going to keep track of them throughout the podcast, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm going to get a lot of fried chicken out of the deal. Oh, We're going to have a
4: board for that for sure. Woody.
1: Dorphy
2: and Woody. Throw Canes bets out. They just they get their ass kicked in. So – it's not my That's fault. Every time, every once in a while, I get drunk and get a little overzealous. But when <laughs> we're just tracking pod bets, I'm mostly sober, which means I'm gonna win mostly.
1: Dude, I haven't done this these pots with less than four beers in me so far. So
2: well, I've, I currently yeah. have a stack of approximately seven beers. Um, They're all
4: Yinglings too. They are, because Yingling is the best beer
2: money can buy in this part of the country. Uh, You poor bastards don't have it. But, still mostly sober, definitely coherent. Jacob Breeland getting drafted ahead of, what, Elijah Higgins? Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah, I don't even know his name, because he's so fucking irrelevant.
4: Hey, can we talk about a guy real quick, though? Elijah Higgins is a wider team.
0: all right guys that's all we have for y'all today i hope you enjoyed our draft special we'll be back again next week with another episode of heated agreement we will be diving into the first and worst pertaining to sports movies if you would like to give us any suggestions or if you want your voice to be heard Use the hashtag dash, capital D-A-S-H, first or worst, dash first or worst, and we'll read some of those while we're filming on air. Also, give us a follow on Instagram at heated underscore agreement if you would like to see behind-the-scenes videos of us and teasers for upcoming episodes. And be sure to tune in to the draft this weekend to see who wins our first documented Canes bet between Woody and James. And with that, I'll see you on the other side. Take it easy Something in soul tell mom just changes